Hey folks, my name is Bruce Gust. Welcome to Muscular Christianity, the podcast. This particular episode, we're talking about what do I need to do, what do I want to do, and what am I meant to do, the reason you want to have a plan. You ready? Here we go. That Christ Jesus had. Any and everything that you'll ever do falls into one of three categories. What you want to do, what you need to do, and what you were meant to do. Check this out. According to a recent Gallup poll, 71% of employees don't like their job. That means that almost three quarters of the adults that are getting up every Monday morning to go to work would rather be anywhere else other than their workplace. And oftentimes these adults are dragging into work not just because they don't like what they do, but because they're not actively pursuing their dream, what they want to do, what they were meant to do. They've given up because they feel like they don't have the time or the energy. Now, if you want to avoid feeling as though you're not doing anything other than meeting deadlines and living from one paycheck to the next, you've got to have a plan. And you need to have a plan for all three categories of to-dos, what you need to do, what you want to do, and what you were meant to do. And having a plan, it's not just about being organized. Fact is, it's biblical in that you're being wise with your time and you're positioning yourself in a place that allows you to be more productive and more enthused about life in general. Having a life plan is important in that you want to ensure that you're not simply honoring deadlines and keeping appointments. Rather, you have a direction, you have a goal, you're not simply treading water. And when you put a plan together, you're ensuring that those things that are the real priorities in your life aren't being overwhelmed by the never-ending list of fires that are supposedly needing to be put out right now. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, God did not put us on the planet to simply make a profit or an appearance. He put us here to make a difference. And this verse captures the essence of what we were meant to do. And I mean, that includes being a good parent. That means being a good son, daughter, a good friend. These relationships oftentimes constitute those things that represent, um, you know, those things in our life that are really the most important. And a lot of times those things are getting subordinated to all this other stuff that we feel like we need to do. Again... You need to have a plan so that doesn't happen. But now look, it's not just about these grandiose things that we want to be doing as far as what we were meant to do. The Bible also acknowledges those places where we simply need to be responsible. I mean, there are obligations that need to be satisfied. Uh, for example, take a look at 2 Thessalonians 3. I'm, I'm picking it up with verse 10. It says, For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. And verse 11 says, We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy, they are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Christ, Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. In other words, pay your bills on time. There's always work that needs to be done. And while it's not always exciting, it's nevertheless necessary. And being responsible is part of being obedient to God. And look, finally, the, these things that you want to do, these are often consistent with the way God has gifted you with certain abilities and passions. I mean, you have been given certain spiritual gifts like what are referenced in Romans 12, 6 through 8, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. You've also got God-given abilities like what you see in Exodus 35, verses 30 through 35, which documents how two gentlemen were given the ability to craft things out of precious metals, bronze, and would. And not only that, but it says God gave them the ability to teach others. I guarantee you, these fellows had a ball doing what they were gifted 
to do. I mean, and, and you see that even today, you've got yourself and other people to look at, and, and they all have these things that they love doing, things that they would do regardless if they were getting paid or not. So it's these God-given abilities that often represent the skill set you'll deploy in the accomplishment of God's purpose through you. This is what you were meant to do. So, again, what do you want to do? What do you need to do? And what you were meant to do. Now, here's the thing. There's a bunch of distractions that need to be defeated in order to ensure that you get these things done. So, and, and, and it's not just a question of what, what appears to be on the surface from a physical standpoint. Check it out. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And bear in mind, this isn't you and I being overly spiritual or especially philosophical. It's simply acknowledging that achieving anything, be it profound or commonplace, isn't automatic. If you want to hit a home run, you've got to swing the bat and you've got to swing it accurately. It takes effort. It requires organization. It necessitates diligence. And again, you see these things referenced in scripture. Effort. Um, Proverbs 24, 3-4. By wisdom a house is built and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Acquiring knowledge, becoming wise, requires effort. Um, how about organization slash strategic planning? Proverbs 6, verse 6, and uh, chapter 30, verse 25. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. I mean, that's all about planning ahead. And if an ant can do it, then why aren't you doing it? Um, Ephesians 5, 15 through 7, under the same category. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Finally, diligence. You see this referenced in Proverbs 27, verses 23 through 24. Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds, for riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. Proverbs 20.18 says, Make plans by seeking advice. If you wage war, obtain guidance. In other words, have a plan. You're not going to attempt anything of significance that doesn't warrant a plan. I don't care if you're getting ready to go off to college. Maybe you're going to the military. Maybe you're still a student and you're just looking at you know today or the week or the month. The bottom line is you want to have some sort of strategy because without taking the time to consider the road ahead, you're like the fool described in Proverbs 22.3 where it says the wise see danger ahead and avoid it, but fools keep going and getting into trouble. So have a plan. Be able to state what it is you're trying to do in all three areas of life, what you need to do, what you want to do, and what you're meant to do. You can break it up however you want, but don't allow yourself to be content with the idea of getting through the day and or successfully paying your bills this month. If you do that, you're limiting yourself to a perspective that accommodates producing, but not necessarily prospering. Michael Hyatt has authored a book entitled Creating Your Personal Life Plan. It's a great way to jumpstart the needful articulation of your plan and every major of your life. But there's one thing that you need to keep in mind as you formulate your plan. Your plan needs to enthusiastically embrace the fact that God's plan and your plan are not always the same. And when those inconsistencies are revealed, you need to retool your plan and ensure it's aligned with what God has purposed for that particular area of your life. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. 
Does that mean that you and I should hesitate at, at putting a plan together, thinking that if there's a chance that God's going to change it, our efforts are inconsequential? Not at all. While God's purposes are immutable, he has allowed for a human element to be present, which can and often does affect the way in which those purposes are accomplished. For example, God told Abraham in Genesis 12 that his descendants would constitute a great nation and they would ha inhabit the land of the Canaanites. But generations later, while that purpose was fulfilled, because the Israelites chose to doubt and rebel rather than trust and obey, the conquest of the promised land was, de uh, let's see, it was delayed for a period of 40 years worth of wandering through the desert as a consequence of their rebellion. In a similar way, you and I have the option of realizing God's purpose for our lives either by obeying and avoiding the consequences of sinful de detours, or we can allow ourselves to be distracted and contend with the laborious process of getting back on track. It's like what Paul says in 1 Corinthians, run in such a way as to get the prize. The prize is an illustration that Paul uses here in 1 Corinthians as well as in Philippians. And he uses a similar word picture in 1 Timothy. In short, it's simply anything that falls under the heading of those things gained as a result of being obedient to God. In the most profound sense, that's being welcomed into God's presence when your life on earth is through. But it also refers to those rewards you receive having done a great job in the accomplishment of the tasks God gave you to do. And it's in the context of those good works that you want to put your best foot forward. You want to plan and you want to be diligent. And before you allow yourself to think that good works is nothing other than what you're doing you know, in the context of an overtly Christian environment like at the church or when you're serving or when you're volunteering. No, a good work is anything that's good. Anything that reflects well on your Savior. <coughs> be it you know, a good job, or even showing up to work on time. I mean, all of that falls under the heading of doing well and doing good. So, what do you need to do? What do you want to do? And what are you meant to do? Think about it. Pray about it. And when you're able to satisfactorily answer those questions, put a plan together and review it weekly. Stay on track. Make sure you're keeping the lines of communication open between you and your Heavenly Father and stick to the plan. And remember, your agenda is not the priority. To truly knock it out of the park, you want to make sure that your plan is consistent with God's plan because it's what you make, it's when you make promoting Him your goal that you are able to enjoy the kind of fulfillment that resonates not just in this life, but also in the one to come. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. That's Psalm 37.4. Now, let's go make a difference.